0: It's time for the Wally Mathot Show. Now, here are your hosts, Brent Wallace and Mark Mathot.
1: Welcome to the Wally Mathot Show, brought to you by BEI, Bonisher Excavating Inc. Dot com. I'm Brent Wallace. He is DJ Mark Mathot, or we could call you Marky Mark, I suppose.
2: This is weird, Wally. When's the last time we've actually talked hockey? Usually we're doing the interviews. I feel like we haven't done this analysis stuff in some time.
1: Well, you just wait, because we got plenty of it today. Um, oh, boy. All right. I do
2: need your analysis, though, of the tweet
1: that was sent earlier this week by Evil Scott uh, or Evil underscore Scott, I should say, uh, of you. He took your shot of you on the set uh, playing the piano, which we like to call it, as your fingers are pressed down yeah. and lo- made you look yeah. like a DJ. Um so, is it something you're now conscious of as you go to put your hands down the table? Because I've gotten the same thing before. People are like, "Oh, Brent's playing the piano," but it's just a reaction of when well, you're okay. talking to to move your hands.
2: How how unnatural is it to sit there with your hands inner, you know inter, intertwined, yep. if you will, and just get your points across? It's bizarre. Like I'm animated. I like to move my hands around. Almost. Yes, <laughs> I can't imagine just keeping them still. I know they want me to keep them still. Uh, that's something I'm working on but no, I like to be the,
1: the piano. It's the man, same. Yeah. You know?
2: And it's the same for like a, you're
1: holding a microphone. So your other hand kind of just feels left out. And so you use yes. it just as a way to communicate and almost to enunciate, yeah. right. You're just trying to, sh- anyway, I understand. Absolutely. But I, now totally are, is it in your head now the next time you're on? It second? is.
2: Yeah, exactly. It, but, 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 but the last game was a challenge because we, we had a bare bones crew working the game. Like not yeah. a lot of people, not a lot of people behind the scenes, So there were no roll-ins for those listening. Well, you know, roll-ins are clips, right? If we're showing clips of the goals, there were zero roll-ins. So I had to remember all the sequences (laughs) in my mind on how the the goals played out without looking down at my notes. So the least they can allow me to do is kind of move my hand around a little bit. So that's, but usually we have roll-ins that I can kind of look down and watch the clips over again. But that was a challenge for me. The first time I I, I had to do it that way.
1: Uh, You can let them know I'm available if they need somebody. Um, also coming up in the show, we've Jeez. got uh, sense defenseman Nick Walton. It's a great interview, a former teammate of yours actually back in Columbus. We'll get a chance to speak yeah. with him. Uh, speaking of animated, he was fantastic. So uh, stick around for that. Mm-hmm. Um, that of course brought to you by Whitewater, which I feel like could use a few of them today. Um, yeah. As always, brought to you by Whitewater. To you, the cool, refreshing taste of Whitewater beer. Pour a uh, Legion Lager or Farmer's Daughter. I uh, even try one of those blood moons. Um, you can even mix and match if you want mm-hmm. to try and sample some new flavors. And, Matt, just a new thing to tell you about there's a new coupon code mm-hmm. uh, for it. It's if you go to shopwhitewater.ca, use Wham Show, WAMSHOW W A M S H O W, as the coupon code to redeem 15% off. Whitewater, as always, brewed by friends for friends. Before we get to the headlines, I got to talk to you about this Rocky Wirtz, the Chicago Blackhawks owner thing that happened last night. Oh, boy. Town hall meeting and rocky loses his mind like he literally loses his mind on a lob ball question about basically what are you doing now to move things forward and make this a better organization in light of all the Kyle Beach stuff and all the sexual assault allegations he he goes off and then he doubles down with the next reporter about how dare you ask these kinds of negative questions here and he shuts his son down from trying to answer like i i've only seen something like this once and oddly enough it's in ottawa Uh, back after the uh, outdoor games. It would have been the 2018 season. Uh, And the owner goes off at a town hall meeting as well. I actually, we're sitting at the back. So the reporters are allowed in. They can't say anything. They can only write stuff down, no recording of it. Uh, And he Mm -hmm. goes after me a bit um, and says I ask stupid questions and all this stuff. Uh, But it's interesting. It reminded me of the same thing. When you saw that video, uh, what was
2: your reaction? Uh, I felt uncomfortable and I was kind of like, like, and yeah. I'm not making light of the situation when I say I thought it was cringe. You know what I mean? Like I, it, it was, was, like totally, it was that, awkward. It's that uncomfortable. secondhand embarrassment kind of thing. Yeah. Like, like, and, and, and for me, um, could you not have just, just, I mean, at the very worst, just lie, just, just like, that's just public relations at this point. Right. Yes. And if you're I mean, and and I know that sounds, you know, disingenuous or whatever, but I mean, how bad optics wise did that look? I mean, every media outlet that you could think of that covers sports for the most part, especially hockey, um, were posting it yesterday and everybody was adding their two cents and oh boy, it's just a disaster. And it surprised me that you could see the panel, like the other guys that were with them, the other people up on the stage, right. but they were all just sort of like sitting back and I could just, you could just read their minds, right? Like you could just think, oh no, don't. No, he's, no, he's still going for it. So, no, nope, he's still going. You could just see it, eh? the, the mood shift. If you watch that video, it's funny you said
1: it because I watched the three of them because I've been in those situations, Same. right? We've all been in those where everything is <laughs> uncomfortable and so you don't want to make eye contact. Their heads yeah. never turn towards Rocky Wertz once. No, not once. They just yeah. keep looking into the crowd like, does this guy stopped talking yet is this still going so bad it was so bad, so was so bad. I, I saw I, it. i know <laughs> my and my wife is sitting on the couch and now and i said you gotta you gotta watch this and she starts to yeah. like she she's like oh my god and i go, like no no there's more and then something else and yeah. they're like no no wait there's more and
2: then i go no there's another and, she's like oh like she's like oh my god and the timing wally like like forget about the human <laughs> aspect because we yeah. all know how horrible it was obviously yeah. But I mean, I'm thinking like all I'm thinking now, you know, seeing as they're trying to do this damage control and it's like, you've got a first class. Well, you know, it was a first class organization as far as the amount of success they were having on the ice. And then, you know, the fan base all came back in when Kane and Taves came through with Seabrook and Keith and they had that even sharp, if you will. And, Um, The team was just like a dynasty at this point, right? And now now like the free fall that it's taking, I think, you know, optics wise off the ice, it's it's a huge distraction. And they're losing tickets now, Wally. Like their their, their ticket sales are going down. And I think a little bit of that is also just the the team's trending downward a little bit on the ice as well. But this just adds to it. It amplifies everything. So if you're a fan, you know, I, I feel bad for the fan base too. You know, of course you feel bad for everybody involved. Um, but man, it's just a disaster. I, what do you say? He handled it, I, it very poorly. Oh,
1: so the one thing, there's a couple oh. things I don't get. As a media guy, I know, like, I, I could have told you before this started. If Rocky Words is going to be on a panel, there are going to be questions about Kyle Beach and what has happened and what has transpired. What do you
2: expect what for do you him expect? not to I mean, understand
1: that that's coming? Blows my mind.
2: They're not gonna, they're not gonna go up there and ask you what you're effing power play like they're no, gonna to want to know about no. the, the major issues that are happening in the organization so my biggest thing and i think i read somebody write this i don't maybe it could have been you wally how are you not prepared for this like <laughs> do you not have at the very least pull out a goddamn sheet of paper that you wrote some generic answers on and read it that would have been better than what happened yeah. anyway I, yeah, I, 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 I i i'm I agree. amazed it was, a, it was a mess so yeah.
1: here's what's now but the problem is like Alex DeBrinket, I think is a, is the Chicago Blackhawks all-star representative.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: He's now going to get peppered with questions. He's the he only not? guy out he's available a young right player.
2: now. Yeah. But he's a young It doesn't okay, but it might, doesn't yeah. matter.
1: Right yeah, because yeah. now you're, say,
2: when I say sorry, when I say he was young what I mean is he wasn't he wasn't, he wasn't in 2010.
1: I get it. But what's yeah. going to happen is us as reporters are going to have to go to him today to further the story? So how would to go. you
2: handle that? If okay, how would you like, handle that if you're a reporter and you see the brain cat sitting well, there like at a stall? What would you so say first? To him? I'm going because sure
1: he's because he's going to be at a podium. I, I the media availability, they bring him out all to these podiums. Oh, right, right. So I know that I have to ask. So I'm going to go to Alex and go. Listen, Alex, I need to ask you about your owner. Okay, and there's going to be a PR guy next to him, and I'll probably have a conversation with him and go. Listen. He'll be, he'll be prepared. I'm floored at what happened, but I still need to ask you. And he'll be like, "Okay," because he's going to be told by then what to say. But, but we still have to ask it, so he still has to front it, and that's not fair to him whatsoever because of this complete unhinging and diatribe by Rocky Woods. It's just these
2: players aren't—they're not professionals in public relations, and and, you know what I mean. Like this is this, although we're used to being interviewed, this is a heavy topic, so that's a nightmare for a player, but. He'll have a PR. You mentioned it there, Wally. Every player that goes over there has a PR guy with them. That's a yep. team representative, as you know. So I'm sure they'll be prepared for those questions. I don't know they'll, how he's going to answer them, well, but he'll but be it's prepared.
1: The, it's the same thing that happened in Ottawa. When, when Melnick threatened to move the team, we had to go to the players and go, your owner is threatened. Like, especially to guys who are from Ottawa, like Pajo or Borbietzki and go, you know, we had to ask about the threat of being moved. And so not fair to them. They you guys, as players, and I know you know this obviously, have no say whatsoever in what happens above the head coach. Basically, so you just do your job. So for you have to to have to answer that stuff. Isn't fair to you, but it's also part of what we have to do. And so, sure, it's a mess. But I like it's not fair to Alex DeBrinkat, who's going to have to be peppered today with questions about what transpired last night. Uh,
2: is that is that my final point on this? Uh, is that question period today or tomorrow uh probably tomorrow
1: what is today? I'm curious. Yes. i think it's probably tomorrow today's
2: thursday yeah yeah it's probably tomorrow anyway yeah. i was yeah because i'm curious to see what his answers are going to be anyway well we'll see and then Good on luck. top of that he's going to
1: overshadow basically all-star for a couple of days which you know how gary bettman's gonna love that so well You don't do anything to overshadow it. Yes. You don't do anything to overshadow all star. You don't do anything to overshadow Stanley cup. That's an unwritten rule, right? You don't make trades. You don't fire coaches or sign coaches or do any of that stuff. And this is going to have a mark over it for a couple of days. No question. Look at all the attention
2: it's getting now. Everybody is commenting on this nonsense of Rocky words. Yeah. Well, so, and, and has it been, has it been plastered on TV media? Like Twitter is one thing, right? Yeah, Like we yeah, seem yeah. to think this, Twitter revolves around, you know, but, but like my dad T- is a huge hockey fan. He doesn't have a Twitter account. So I'm assuming no, it's I, playing on TV as well. I believe TNT put it in their
1: broadcast last night.
2: Oh, wow. Okay. Fair enough. All right. So,
1: yeah. It'll get player. And you know what this will get is play outside the NHL. That's what they don't want either. Yeah, It'll be everywhere. Uh, all right. We'll move on to the headlines. Uh, brought to you by sportsinteraction.com, Canada's online casino and sportsbook. Sportsinteraction.com slash volume and thought for the most competitive odds and live daily betting where you can wage basically meth on the Olympics coming up. Uh, pick the men's and oh, women's nice. hockey. Yeah, that's right. Um, Sports Interaction is Canada's leading online sportsbook. Um, if you had to put some money down on the gold medal winners for men's and women's hockey, uh, I'm going to put you on the spot and ask who you're picking.
2: Oh, I'm... This is a roll of a dice, but, but if I guess if I really had to pick one team, my gut is telling me a team like Russia, just as an example, just because you know how many really good international Russian players there are, right? Like you go overseas, some of those teams, some of those KHL teams have some very talented players and they're they're going to be there. So I got to think I could be wrong, but based off of the, uh, the rosters that I saw specifically from Canada and the US. Like, like I'm not saying they're bad teams, but for me, there's very little name recognition. And the only recognizable names that I've seen are some, of, some of the players that perhaps are a little more on their way out of the NHL, so yeah. to speak, or are out of the NHL. So
1: yeah. eric Stuller, uh, you yeah. got to
2: think. Of, yeah, exactly. And so you got to think that, and, and with the U S they're very young, they're very inexperienced. So they're just so unpredictable for all we know, they're going to run, they're going to run the tournament. But, but right now, as it stands, if I'm looking at rosters, and based off of my prior experience playing at the World Championships and stuff like that on those Olympic-sized ice surfaces, I got to think Russia is going to be yeah. one of those big dogs.
1: Yeah. And a different game, right? Like you know, you understand it's a different game to play uh, international ice, and the Russians yeah. do it all the time. So, yeah, uh, it, I'm, I'm with you as long as Russia gets goaltending.
2: Yeah, yes, everything's different. So, like your special teams are different, your penalty killing, like you're not. So, like I'm just going to use penalty killing as an example. When I went over there. I, I, they really had to rein me back. You know, like I've always had a tendency to be very aggressive on the PK. I jumped loose pucks, but now with all that extra square footage on the ice, you have to stay tighter. So like, you have to make all kinds of adjustments. You're almost just sitting there playing goalie. And so it's not just that there are a lot of other areas. So that's going to be a big adjustment for some of these players that are unfamiliar with playing on that ice. That's why I think Russia is going to have a big advantage.
1: I don't want to go the same team as you though. So you know what? Finland seems to do really well Finland, at international
2: events. I was gonna say that Finland. I'm loves, taking the fence. They love international play, yeah. yeah, and they're so competitive. So, there's that's a good team, but I don't know how much skill they're gonna have. That's the only thing. Like the scoring but, touch with a team like Finland, where a lot of their dogs are playing in the NHL. Yeah, it's hard to say. But it seems it's like everybody's in the same boat, except arguably Russia. So
1: I'm thinking there's yeah. gonna be some upset, and the Russians seem to implode every once in a while. So. I'll take, uh, I'll take Finland for the win. Um, okay. Uh, you're, right, And I will take uh, Marie-Philippe Poulain and Team Canada because she just seems to score gold medal the winning Canadian goals.
2: women, they're so strong and, and they've no. got their whole roster there. So you got to think that they're going to, well, you know, it's between them and the States, yeah. right? But I yeah. think, yeah, I think the women's, the women's Canadian team's pretty competitive and they've made some changes this season. So yeah, I'm excited to watch them play. It's going to be fun.
1: Yeah. It'll be good. It'll be good hockey for sure. Um, Okay, so let's move on to some Sens chatter, shall we? Uh, got some great headlines for you today, by the way. Give me a break. Oh, geez. Uh, the Seds head into the All-Star break after having played nine games in 14 days. Uh, they'll come out of it playing 10 games in 15 days. Um, we talk a lot about the way they've played going into the break, and that the record may not exactly show how they're how they're playing, and they've obviously dealt with huge losses up front especially their top six forwards mm. they don't get blown out very often which i don't think gets mentioned so i looked up the other night they played 40 games uh only eight yeah. times have they lost by three or more goals uh and i think i may be off it's somewhere around 10 or so that they played one goal games it might be a little higher 12 yeah. um yeah, yeah like like they're right in it so as i know nick holden brings it up when you guys when we chat with them but they do not get blown out. They're always ultra competitive, right to the last yeah. minute of play.
2: Yeah, no, I'm glad you brought that up, Wally, because you got to give them some props here. I mean, I know they're, and I, I I've t- I've talked a little bit about this before, but when you're missing some key players, specifically guys like Drake batherson and Josh Norris, and all of a sudden your all your goal scoring Wally is gone. Right? We know yep. that that top line, uh, what is it, like 45 percent of the team's uh, goal output is is from that generated from that top line. Now, all of a sudden, what can you do? Well, you can't just create these really skilled guys that can produce the, the, you know at that same rate. So what you can control is how you play on the defensive side of the puck. And you don't need to be an all-star to be a good defender. So this team is bought in very well when it comes to, well, first of all, working very hard. DJ's done a fantastic job there. I mean, you watch the compete, and you touched on that just now, Wally. They're in games with all these top teams. They're not necessarily winning all of them. And we've said this before plenty of times on the show where we're not all about moral victories here, but you have to give them this. I mean, I think the way they've been playing, keeping these games competitive from start to finish, first of all, is huge for the fan base because it keeps us entertained. It keeps us watching them. They're not getting blown out every night. And um, they're getting some big performances from from some very select guys that have had to elevate their games. You know, like Tyler Ennis is one guy, for example, Formanton's another guy, Nick Paul. And I hate missing players. I can go down the list. There's plenty of them. Stutzler has been terrific lately as well. And they're goaltending, of course. So Wally, I think for me right now, really good sign. Seeing that they're able to win and, and, and compete and stay in games, specifically through you know the 60 minutes, even later into that later stage, that third period where you could probably throw in the towel or start to crack. They're not yeah. doing that. They're, they're playing very good hockey. So it's, it's, and that's a credit to the coaching staff. We have to give them their due as well. Like that's an area that, Really is coachable when it comes to playing on the def- the defensive side of the puck, and they're doing a really good job of doing that.
1: Uh, also, it keeps the fans in the building till the end. Never mind. I'll move
2: yes. <laughs> no. Um, <it's, laughs> yeah. Don't go there right now.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next up, two for one. Who will be the Sens' yeah. number one center next season? Basically, it's. Oh. It looks like it's either going to be Tim Stutzler or Josh Norris. All due respect to Shane Pinto, he just doesn't have the experience right now to be fighting for a number one center spot. I think that's fair. So, um when you see camp end, at the end of next season, uh, at the start of next season, who is going to be the number one guy? And I, so just I I, just so we're clear, I I got, I got some notes like they oh uh Josh Norris has played 95 games, Tim Stutz 92 and they are .64 and .54 points per game respectively. Like they're very even point-wise all that
2: stuff. So, who is your slotted number one guy? I think that long-term you can see Tim Stutzel perhaps taking that step forward because he's so dynamic, but we get, you know, we get all hung up on what's happening at the moment. Right. And all of a sudden Norris is hurt. Stutzel has a couple of good games and we're like, Oh my God, we have this brand new player. Now look at how well he's playing. Who's Josh Norris? Tim Stutzel is the man. Now it's like, no, are we forgetting that Josh Norris has been playing the way he has been playing against top lines all year, including some very good players here in that list and still producing? Like we're yeah. talking about a player that's excellent on both sides of the of the puck, right? Defensively and in the ozone. And he's got excellent chemistry with Batherson and Kachuk. I think right now, and I understand it, you know, we're going to be fawning a little over Stutzler's play, but I think he slots down onto that second line. That's where he belongs next season. I think what you need to do is focus on finding another legitimate top six forward to add to that line so that you can maintain his offensive output. Right. Like you want, you want to cater to, to, to excuse okay. me, you want to cater to, to, to Tim Stutzla, but you need to bring in some help for him. Otherwise he's going to continue to have, you know, good games, bad games. Like we're, as far as offensive production goes. Okay. So here's my question then I wasn't going to bring this
1: up today, but, um, who are Tim Stutz's wingers next season? And I, I mean this, like, is it Connor Brown? Is he... Because yeah. he's... Listen, Connor Brown doesn't get a lot of attention uh, because perhaps he's hes not flashy, but he leads it all forwards in ice time. He can score 20 goals or more a season. And then on the other side, yeah. is Alex Foreman to that guy? Or is it somebody else that you're going to put... Wh- who is your second line next year?
2: I don't like and- like... <laughs> And I think we get caught up because we're used to seeing the same players all the time. So we're content with some of them. if I am taking that approach, Wally, I'm going to stick with Brown. Like he's been hurt now for a while. We haven't seen him. And with the way Tim Stutzler has been playing, like imagine a line now with Alex Formanton, Tim Stutzler down the middle and Connor Brown on the right side. I mean, I don't mind that. I think given the circumstances, that's a pretty good line. I still think, if you have an opportunity to go after a legitimate top six, maybe you do it in the summer, but that's easier said than done. And of course you have to pay for it. Uh, But right now as a second line, Wally, I'm okay with those guys. I really, I I don't know how I can elaborate any further other than Connor Brown's very responsible. He sees the ice very well. He brings that kind of veteran stability, that presence to that second line that keeps them, you know, relatively um, you know, on point and they're not going to be giving up too much, He's he's just responsible with the puck. I'll put it that okay. way. And then formanton has got the speed, and and Stutzler's taken a huge step forward up and down the middle. I think I think for me, just watching him handle the puck now, coming out of the D zone on exits through the neutral zone, he's so responsible. You don't you rarely see him uh, cough it up. Like he's always making a play, and that makes him so dangerous. Uh,
1: on that Tim Tim Stutzler point, that uh, and we br- briefly chatted about this a while ago. He's. We are all over he, he, him being moved to center, excuse me, was this crowning moment for DJ Smith, and that's what changed his game. So my debate to that is, are we not just seeing a guy who's growing up playing, regardless of where what position he's at, just getting more comfortable playing on the ice? Is it that big of a difference for him to be in the middle of the ice?
2: Yes, because he's going to touch so. – Two things can be true, right? His development yeah. and his maturity is coming along. And it was a really good move to move him to, to the middle and not right off the bat. When he came into the NHL, give him time to get accustomed to the speed, you know, just to kind of learn the, in, the ins and outs of the game. Cause it's a different game when you get to the NHL, as you know, and yeah. all of a sudden he's up and down the middle. And I, I really think for me, um, it's probably a combination of both. I think he belongs there. I think you're as a centerman, you're getting way more touches, you're, you've got way more responsibility, and players like Timmy thrive under that. I think for me, the only thing that needs to improve, and that'll come with time, it's you know, it's his it's his faceoff percentage. You know, he's gonna have to learn to win sure. draws at some point, and at least hover around fifty percent. Like right now, when you're winning, you know, two, three, four, five draws out of twenty, that's a problem, and that's yeah. not happening every night, but it is happening. So I think at some point, because that's puck possession, and over the course of a whole game, if you're playing twenty minutes a night and you're losing that many draws. It does become a concern. So for now, you got to, and I'm sure he's working it on it like crazy. Like I can tell you guys, when you're watching Setterman in practice before and after, they're always working on draws and that comes with time. And it also comes with just learning the ins and outs of the league. Like So knowing who you're going to be playing against that night and knowing their tendencies as as you know, when you're, when you're lining up with them across. So I think that's, that's stuff that will come with time. We got to remember he's, he's barely 20 or is he even 20 at well? I think he's still 19. No, so, he's 20. Oh, he is 20. Okay. So so I mean, that is so young for a centerman. So it's gonna come.
1: The one thing is uh that we miss and I would like to see is someone like well, it would have been like Antoine Vermette, but Jason Spezza, if yeah. he was still playing one more year, would be perfect because yeah. the way he used to work on face-offs after practice was relentless. Well, Him and Chris Kelly. Wait,
2: <laughs> like and the way Jason the way does Spez yeah, he
1: everything. does everything.
2: Yeah, yeah, he yeah, would be
1: perfect. Yeah. Like I and he can still, he's still compliant. Well, like, and, that's what I like. And about a guy
2: him. like Spez, a guy like Spez would like pull him aside in the dressing room prior yes. to a game. And they would talk about, you know, Oh, you're playing Dallas tonight. This is how Tyler Sagan takes his draws or this is his tendency yes. here. He right? knows or, everybody. You know, or, exactly. So he could really help him out there, but that's, that's how, that's again, that's the value in having good veterans in your lineup. Right. And so it's important. It's important to acquire good players that can play obviously because yep. You know, we've seen the Sens make some deals in the past where it hasn't really panned out on the ice and that becomes an issue because now your veterans are sitting in the stands and they're not necessarily with you on a day-to-day basis helping out your young players.
1: Yep. I, I, I agree. I remember, I think it was Paggio or Zach Smith. I can't remember which one. And Spezza wasn't playing. He was hurt. He came into the locker room after and it was Paggio or Smith who told me this. And I was, I'm was, i like, what happened? You've changed something. He's like, "Spets came in and told me to take half an inch off the shaft of my stick. And he goes, oh, yeah. it's, changed, it's changed everything. And I'm like,
2: how do you players, see that? Players can notice the smallest change. Like even as, even if you're not Jason Spezza, like I could tell if my stick, cause you're playing, you're using it every single day. Right. Yeah. So all of a sudden if there's an extra half inch or there's something just slightly off with the kick point on your stick or the blades a little off, you notice it immediately. But it's magnified when you're like obsessed, like Jason Spezza. And I still remember even playing with him in Dallas. Like he was there before everybody with that, like classic Jason Spezza. He's got the heat pack on his back. Oh yeah, always. He's got it wrapped around, right? He's got his hoodie on and he's working away at sticks. I'd get at the to drink it have my coffee in my hand. He's already there. He's got like six sticks in the rack and he's sharpening them. He's sanding off certain areas. Like it's, 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 he's got it down to a science and he's obviously onto something. He's still playing. So good for him. Yeah, absolutely. I like watching him. All right, yeah. uh, last yeah. topic, which uh,
1: goes into our guest today. Hold it, uh, Holden, for a minute. Um, I thought you'd like that one. Uh, which, by the way, I'm gonna have to talk about this afterwards. Is the apology that you give to Nick Holden in the interview? It's one of my favorite things I've seen in a long time. Um, oh. <laughs> so Nick Holden flies under the radar in Ottawa, and that's again like yeah. the Connor Brown effect. Not flashy, just does his job. And you, I mean, mm-hmm. you've gone through it too. If you're a stay-at-home type defenseman, you don't get a lot of attention. You're like offensive lineman in football. Um, so yeah. even when they signed him, though, you were always high on Nick Holden coming into this team. You said right away, yeah. he'll be a calming force back there. Uh, so the last 13 games with Zaitsev out, uh, the sense of a 5-5-3 and record, very respectable. They were 9-17-1 and prior to that. Uh, Holden's plus two, plays 20 over 20 minutes a night. Uh, He was minus seven before that. Uh, The only two that are better over that stretch are Thompson and Ennis who are plus three. So my point is, can you sum up what Nick Holden does for people that pay not enough attention to the way he operates?
2: Yeah. Yeah. He's a stabilizer. So, you know, for a player like that, he needs to be utilized properly. You can't have him hovering up and down, maybe on the third pairing, maybe on the second pairing. He needs a role, just like everybody else. Like Thomas Shabat has a role. He's yeah. your he's your power play guy. He plays big minutes. Um, then you know whoever plays. Which, by the way, Branstrom and Shabbat absolutely does not work. You need a guy that can stay. Doesn't work. Shabbat. yeah. That was that was terrible. Uh, and gr- I was I'm glad to you said that. I was trying to pump his tires a little bit because I know people have been really happy with this game. When when the puck is on Branstrom's stick, he's so good, like, on the transition, but he needs to be utilized properly. So it's not just unfair to Shabbat. It's unfair to, to Branstrom. And now the, 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 the issue, I know I'm way off topic here, but the issue now is, you know, and it's hard for the coaching staff because you have to find the right guy to put him with, right? So um, I just didn't like the pairing. Uh, I, I don't think that works. That's another topic. Um, so with Holden, he needs a role. His role is a shutdown player. It's a shutdown guy. He's going to play against the Connor McDavid's, the Marchands, the, all the top lines in the NHL. And he needs to play with another stabilizer if you don't have another guy that might be a little more offensive but equally responsible in his own end. So Zoob for him right now on this team, That's that, I love that pairing. It's perfect because both of them can move the puck. Like if you watch Nick Holden, you watch Artem Zoob, they're not big lumbering guys, and I'm not advocating for that. They're not big lumbering guys that are just waving the waving the wand, as we like to call it in hockey. They're very responsible in the D zone on retrievals. They've got good poise and patience at making little pop plays. They're pretty good at moving the puck. Nick Holden's really good at that. He doesn't he doesn't panic. Um, yeah, they're going to make mistakes. You're going to you're going to have glaring mistakes every once in a while when you're playing against other teams' top lines. It happens happen to me and Eric all the time. It's going to happen to Nick Holden and Artem Zub. That's just part of the game. Um, but I love the way they're playing. Their numbers are backing it up. All of a sudden, look at the team. Like and and I know it's not just them. Of course, it's goaltending. It's some of the forwards. But they're they're staying in it now, Wally. With all these big teams, it's huge. So I love the way his play is. He, he he's a good leader in the room. He's kind of quiet. But he's funny. We saw some of that in the interview where he's got a little bit of personality, which is nice, but he doesn't overstep. He's not an annoying guy to be around. I've been around him enough. I know he's pretty quiet. He keeps to himself. But when you do engage with him, he's a funny guy and he and he's very reliable on the ice. So I I like what they're doing in closing here. I like what they're doing, Wally, having them in Zoob together. I think it's a bit of a a mystery though with the other pairings. And it's not a fault to, to the coaching staff, it's just a personnel thing. At some point, are going to need to sit down this summer and go, okay, listen, we need more stability back there because yeah. we can't just keep rotating these guys in and out of pairings. We need some solid pairings. You need a guy for Shabbat. I still don't know that Zaitsev's that guy. I really don't. I know that they're stuck with this, but like right now I feel more confident with Holden and Zub than I do with Zaitsev. And I, I hate shit talking players, but that's just how I feel. I don't, I don't see it with them. When I think of Zaitsev right now, I think of a more chaotic version of those two players. So I, I don't know how they address it because they're not moving. them. Well, I'd like you to hold
1: off on all that, which are all great points until Monday when we do our season mid season analysis and break all that stuff down. So just kind of stick sure. to the headlines. That'd be great.
0: Okay. Um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> the, uh, the Nick Sorry. Holden interview is coming up and it's fantastic. And you talked about animated. Yeah. He's one of the most animated guys we've had on, for an interview yeah uh, he had
2: the arms he had the yes. arms waving and he was yes.
1: doing some stuff yeah he's
2: a good dude we had fun i with appreciate
1: him. the fact he scored the game before we had him on so that was good too we got to talk about that um all that coming up after the break uh, the one thought show is brought to you by bei Bonisher excavating inc bei specializes in excavation grading drainage projects also equipment rentals aggregate and topsoil sales visit BonisherExcavating.com. excavating.com bei helping to shape the ottawa valley Welcome back to the William Mathot Show, and time now for the chat, brought to you by Whitewater, and a perfect time to bring in the goal scorer from Tuesday night, Nick Holden. Welcome to the show, and good to see you as a former teammate once of Mark Mathot's.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me on.
1: Can we just get to the teammate part? Like,
2: what was Meth like uh, early on? You do this, does this every time, Holden? Just you know, I need something. Don't don't go easy on him.
0: I wasn't, uh, unfortunately, me and Meth, like Meth was only there. I came up from junior and played with him from, I don't know, the last two or three weeks of the season and then playoffs. And then he was really good. So he got to go up to Columbus the next year and <laughs> started his full NHL career there. But um, no, it was. The first time meeting him, because actually me and Grant Clitsum both came up at the same time. That's right. He came out of uh, Clarkson, right? Yeah. And then I was coming out of junior. And so uh, Meth and Clitter kind of knew each other from Ottawa here. And so that was my in a little bit uh, to meet Meth and kind of hang out with him. But uh, yeah, I don't have too many. I wish I had like some really great stories to tell you, but
2: yeah, we just crossed paths right as I was leaving and you were just kind of getting asserted Sorry. as a pro, right? So yeah, it's yeah, you know, tough. And then but we always were like, told
0: them like, hey, we want you to be like Matt. Nah, like, oh yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure to play like, and this is the guy. So.
2: <laughs> well, you've had a good career because you're still playing and you're 34. So congratulations. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. It's all your well, it's all because of you. Oh yeah. All right. Yeah. All Let's right. Enough, on. enough of this.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Uh, actually perfect time to bring in pearls of wisdom brought to you by sportsinteraction.com where we get to learn a little bit more about our guest and today Nick Holden um seven goals scored against the Ottawa centers that's the most you scored against any NHL team Ooh. that includes the regular season and the playoffs we'll get to those two playoff goals shortly uh, two goals scored with ottawa those are both coming against Ilya sorokin and the New York islanders 34. I didn't want to bring this one up but that's You're the oldest player on the Ottawa Senators, and uh, six. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's the pro games played with you and Mark Mathot in the same lineup. Um, Do you get, I guess, I don't know joked is the word, teased about being the oldest guy in the lineup?
0: Uh, Yeah. I mean, guys are – I had a new nickname pop up this year, Moldy. (laughs) I'm getting so old that I'm (laughs) moldy, but – yeah, guys kind of joke around about the, the age difference and stuff like that. But uh, my personality, the way I act in the room is kind of probably younger and more immature than some of the guys. So uh, I fit right into that to the age group.
2: I feel like nowadays being the older guy, you'd wear like a badge of honor because it's so different. The league is so different now. If you're over 30 – You're that guy, right? Whereas it used to be the norm, like the the average age was probably hovering around that. So I feel like at this point, they could chirp you all you want. You got to own that age, Holdy. Oh, yeah, absolutely.
0: I'm like, still doing it. Still fooling guys. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
1: well, two things. One is I've heard you have four kids, but I've heard that your wife has to basically take care of five kids because that's how you act. And the other part is, Tim Stutzla is closer in age to your son, I think, than to you. Where your son is ten,
0: yeah. So he just turned twenty. <laughs> so there's fourteen years before between me and him, and there's only ten between him and my son. So it's pretty funny. My oldest, my ten year old, is actually pretty big, and so he's almost as big as Timmy. So it's like this is getting crazy. So how
2: tall is the holdy?
0: Ah, uh, I couldn't give you a number. I don't know. Uh, I'll give you like a. <laughs>
2: Okay. Yeah, yeah. So at least at least five feet. Yeah, he's getting close. Yeah. Nice, nice. nice. Uh,
1: you just signed your new deal. Did that come pretty quick? You got a one year extension. Were you surprised that the negotiation started now? Had it been ongoing? Uh, can you give well, us any it, of those I information?
0: Uh, I was when they first came to us. Um, actually, when I got traded, we had kind of approached them saying, "Hey, would you guys consider doing like a year extension or whatever, just so that I, I kind of knew." I wasn't gonna have to maybe move at the deadline or whatever and they said well let's just wait make sure you're a good fit and all that stuff and so uh, kind of a month or two in uh, they kind of just said we like how you're fitting in and all that and so uh we can start talking and then but then all those like we got covid and then the team wasn't playing as well and then we had another covid Break. And so it was kind of like everything just kept getting pushed back, pushed back, pushed back, and then um, finally, just we were able to talk it out in a, probably a
2: week and got her done. Nice. Yeah, I think. Well, you've been a you've been a huge addition, Holdy, and I think a lot of people like I knew what you brought to the table. I think a lot of people here were kind of unaware. So, yeah. so as far as the fans go, you've been a huge plus pleasant surprise. And I think lately, especially you and Zub, man, like you guys are just meshing right now and that that particularly I noticed it in the Edmonton game I made a comment online that the only way McDavid is getting shut down for the most part is if you guys are out there against him what's what's going on with that chemistry there because I know there's a big language barrier how's that playing out for both of you and how do you feel about the new partner
0: yeah I think when we started playing together um something that I've always tried to do is just try and talk as much as I can with my partner and so obviously his his English is broken a little bit but uh, i just as much as i could make him feel comfortable communicating to me and so there's been lots of times where we have to go to like get a little whiteboard and draw it out on the in the oh, so that's or,
2: that's for real i saw you say that in a comment yeah, I yeah, thought you were just full of no nope, so that's a nope. real
0: thing we actually we were doing it <laughs> yesterday and so it's like sometimes if if he doesn't understand what i'm saying to him or yeah. he's like trying to explain something he's like get the whiteboard <laughs> so I'll go grab and and we'll be drawing it up or whatever but um i think that's helped us big time uh, just being able to explain kind of why we're doing where we're going stuff like that but um i just kind of credit Zoob like i'm i'm a pretty simple player and i don't deviate from my game too often yeah. and he's just a very dynamic uh nothing flashy but like he skates so well he can move the puck really well yeah. um, when he has the opportunity to shoot it he has a hammer of a shot and so uh, he does a lot of those things really well and so sometimes I can just play that simple game where I don't need to be making a ton of really good breakout passes or something like that it's like when he gets the puck he can get it uh, into the forward's hands or, or vice versa he knows I'm there to support him.
2: So when you guys, this is my last question, because obviously we're interviewing you. This isn't a zoo interview, but I'm so curious because he doesn't say anything. So I find him very mysterious. So if you guys are on the road and forgive me, I don't even know if you guys are allowed to go to restaurants, but does he, does he eat with anybody in particular? Do you guys he just kind of join the crew and just sit there quiet at the dinner table? Like, how does that, what's that dynamic? Oh, no,
0: like? he, he, he'll go with uh, Zaitsev. Uh, of course. The most Russian guys stick together.
2: Oh, they always do. Uh, yeah.
0: But we, I've never, I haven't actually been on the, to go eat with them yet. Yeah. And so that's maybe our, the next step in our uh, in our relationship. Good. Okay, good to hear. Go right. for supper one time and really dig in. Yeah.
1: In your best <laughs> Russian accent, can you tell me what he said when you scored your goal on Tuesday night? Oof. Uh,
2: that's putting him on the spot. There. Yeah. <laughs> A nice shot, Nick. <laughs> That was good. That was, I like. You that actually one. didn't even say
0: that. I just did couldn't of anything else to say. Did you
2: know that was going in? Like cuz cuz it hit Sorokin and then he kind of started stumbling back and then just sort of it was a great shot. You picked it up. Did, did I know that
0: was going in? As soon as I shot it, I, I didn't know where the puck went. And so I, like <laughs> It seemed like I was like, where is it? And then all of a sudden Chucky's
2: like, oh. yeah, 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 yeah. So That's what like, I thought. That's why yeah. I asked. Yeah. All right. So right. i end up, yeah. I'm just,
0: I'm standing there like, yeah,
2: I scored. Woo.
0: <laughs> Years
1: oh, wow. later, will you describe that as blowing it by Ilya Sorokin?
0: Uh, I probably won't remember that one. That's not uh, one of those <laughs> most memorable goals, but. Um, well, it's you knows, say maybe. that.
2: Oh, Wally, hang on, just on that goal before we shift to another topic. So just with with regards to that game, because I kept hammering home, um, you know, fatigue, because I I just know what it's like going in on a back-to-back, especially after playing a home game and then traveling overnight, getting into, you know, the island and obviously having to play there. Was that a big thing there? Because I thought you guys came out really strong, which is very typical off of back-to-back, right? You're still sharp from the night before. And then fatigue starts to set, set in. You start getting these brain farts and you get tired. Your legs get gassed. Was that sort of an issue there with last night's game? You think?
0: I mean, uh, obviously, from playing, you know that that is a, a, a issue or uh, whatever. It's it's a. Fact. And it's an
2: excuse.
0: It's, a fact. it's an excuse, exactly. I just kind of, on my post game last night, I just said, you know what? Yeah, you could say that's one thing. We were tired. It's back to back. We traveled. All that stuff. But it's the NHL. Every team has to do it, and so. Yeah that's something that I think as the team guys get older, you learn to play in those games where, okay, maybe I'm not going to be as jumpy or whatever. And so you're going to have to dumb your game down a little bit and just take what you're given. You you won't be able to make some of the plays that you normally make or um, your forecheck won't be as good. and So you have to be able to play that style of game and try and get a win that way as well.
1: Uh, your minutes are up by the way 18 and a half I think this year do you feel rejuvenated playing?
0: Um, I mean I think the last few years um, in Vegas we just there were so, so many good players and and depth and stuff like that and so uh, I just got kind of pushed to a, a different role and which was fine I was excited to to be on a really good team um, that they didn't need me to play big minutes and uh, the minutes that I was getting to play, I wanted to make them important. And uh, coming here, um, they gave me a, a bigger role. And so I've really uh, tried to embrace that and, and use it to the best of my ability. And so it's been, as a player, you always want to play as much as you can. It doesn't matter what team you're on. You want to play the most minutes. And yeah. so uh, I'm just happy that they're they're seeing value in, in what I bring uh, to the team and so uh, I just hope I can continue to to play uh, well with Zoob and uh, continue to, to help our team. I think we're playing really well right now and uh, the system that we play um, helps my game uh, and, and helps me be able to play say 20 minutes a night uh, where I don't the skating isn't uh, I, I never feel where I'm really super slow or out of position or anything like that in our system. And so that's uh, something that obviously at, at 34, maybe I'm slowing down a little bit, but I still feel, Oh, no, you're not I still feel good. So,
2: yeah. And you still have that baby face. You still look like yeah, you're 45. Exactly. I, I, I wanted to ask you one more, another question, just with just kind of piggybacking off what you just said. Cause I think with you and Zub, that was what the team was desperate for was just a good stabilizing shutdown pair, which they didn't have, you know, they were interchanging pieces with Shabbat, but I don't see really shabby in that role. No. So now with Zaitsev coming back and everybody, I'm assuming they're probably going to put him back with Shabbat, but do you forget about that? I know you can't comment too much on the other players. I'm assuming they're probably going to keep you and Zub together. Is that sort of the long-term plan? Have they talked to you about that? They, they really haven't
0: said much about it. Um, I would say right before uh, when Zaitsev got hurt, uh, it was Xavi, Zaitsev, me, Zub. And then yeah. I think it was uh, Brown and Mete or a combination or a Br- of... Or Brandstrom or
1: Thompson and, or... Yeah, or kind Moore, of a or, Del Del Zotto. Zotto or on the back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, But I think
0: it'd be something probably similar to that. I think they're happy with how me and Zub are playing. Yeah. It seems the last while here, they've been putting us out against everybody's top lines and stuff like that. And
2: Well, it's working... Um, I think are, we can
0: continue to play well against them, I don't see any reason yeah. for them to change that. But Good. they haven't really talked to me about that. So Curious. I just do what I'm told.
2: <laughs> don't
0: we all? Yes, sir.
1: <laughs> Did you – You? I think I read that you knew you were likely to get moved in the summer. Uh, was Ottawa anywhere something you thought you would get to? And was it t- – listen, we all want to win, and obviously the goal is to win the Stanley Cup. You go from a, a contender – to one that's in a rebuild there's no secret about that was it a was it a little bit of a shock to you
0: um i actually i I knew i was going to get moved when they re-signed uh martinez because it was kind of like leaving with what happened last year where they put me on the taxi squad and stuff because of like like, uh, all the cap stuff yeah it was like leaving they're like well if we can re-sign martinez we'll probably have to move you uh or else you'll not play and Mm. So I kind of had an idea, and then Martinez signed. And so I, it was kind of just a matter of time. Uh, I had no idea where uh, I was going to be going. Uh, Ottawa had tra- or talked to me when I had signed with Vegas. Meth actually had just left, uh, and they said they didn't find any, anybody to replace him. Um, and I guess they saw a parallel a little bit in our games or something like that, and so... They had talked to me at that point, but that was three years ago. And so different coach, different whatever uh, team at that point, but uh, didn't have any idea. But when I got the call that I was coming here, I was just excited because I I knew I was going to get an opportunity to play a bigger role than what I had been playing. Uh, Obviously, you want to win, you want to win the Stanley Cup. That's the goal. That's why we play. But um, I just felt like I had – more value than what was being used in, in Vegas. Um, and then now so far, I've been able to kind of show that and, and yeah. hopefully, I mean, we're, I, I feel like we're trending in a, in a good direction right now. So um,
2: yeah. 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 No, you better. guys are, I think, I think at, the, at your age too, it's just longevity, right? Like you just want to stay in the league. And, and so, and you're seeing it, it can happen really quickly. where all of a sudden there's roster spots that start running out. you got all these young players coming up too. Yeah. So I feel like you almost kind of have to change your role a little bit as you get older and, and take on a leadership role, which is essentially what you've done. Right. I'm assuming it's not like you have to be super vocal, but having a positive influence in the room can go a long way too. Is that something that they kind of talked to you about here in Ottawa going into the season that they wanted from you?
0: No, I mean, they never really, and DJ actually asked me, he goes, well, the first time I met with him this year, he just goes, uh, what, what was your kind of role in the room? Uh, in Vegas? And I just said, you know what? I, it wasn't like I was, um, an A or C or, uh, one of those guys that's going to come in the room and kind of rip guys. Like we gotta be better and all this stuff. Yeah. I would just come work hard, have a real positive attitude and just try and support guys. And so I just told him that was what it was and he said well that's all i want you to do here i have other guys that can do the kind of little bit of yelling and stuff like that you just make sure guys are staying positive and and working hard and stuff like that and so that's i mean for the most part of my career that's all i've really done in the room is just be a hard worker support um try and bring energy and so that's kind of what i've been just doing here as well
2: good
1: Did you know Brady Kachuk before Mark Stone's
2: wedding? Oh God, here we go. Yeah, no, I don't. I've never met him before. Um,
0: Stone told me that I would uh, I would like him, from, uh, <laughs> just because it was coming up to his wedding. He's like, "You're really gonna like this guy when you meet him," and so uh, yeah, we ended up having a good time at the wedding. Uh, as knows. Yeah, I
2: think I think Wally's like little segue here was what What did you think of your captain dancing? at the wedding with just a vest on and nothing on underneath.
0: His dancing's not great, but I love that he actually he tries to dance. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> I love when guys, like, I'm the same. I don't care. I, I know I suck at dancing. Yeah. But it's like, I just want to have fun. And so he's... I'm he, the same way. But then when he got up on stage, and was singing, Mr. <laughs> Brightside or whatever. <laughs> I was, was like, wow. I'll, I, I think I told him this. I go, I'll follow you anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> that's great that's really good
1: and and how was the wedding i believe there was like synchronized swimmers and everything was it uh maybe
0: the most over the top you've been to oh absolutely it was the most over the top i've ever been to there's synchronized swimmers the a high school band five locations it was yeah Yeah.
2: it was was it's true i forgot about our buses we all leave downtown from from like aria to to like the golf course where the wedding was and stoney had us or whoever had us stopping at all these different locations so the first part was somewhere then the ceremony and yeah. then the uh the after ceremony or whatever it was it just never ended and these no. out of nowhere these synchronized swimmers show up in this pool we're all having drinks casually around the pool and we're like what is happening here and yeah it, it was a good time though i don't want, we're not trying to bury Stony by any means we're just saying no. that it was it was very much a vegas wedding i it don't seems- think you i don't think we're burying him at all it was a it terrific was a thing yes.
0: No, it sounds like he's
1: totally embraced the vegas the vegas vibe absolutely uh do you miss vegas by the way like it's it's such a different world compared to ottawa like do you miss that vegas scene at all
0: i mean it's completely opposite yeah it's like down there was hot and dry we're cold and wet up here (laughs) (laughs) we're u.s canada east west it was literally like completely different um we really enjoyed vegas like really, we love yeah. living there. we love playing there. That's um, yeah, beautiful and it's it's awesome and then coming here, um, we've enjoyed every minute of it. My kids love their school. the hockey's been that the the teens and uh, stuff they're in uh, they're really enjoying it. Um, we were able to get a, a nice house to rent. Um, we love the area that we're in, and so good yeah. Right do we miss Vegas? Yeah, we love Vegas. We also love playing in New York. We love playing in Denver. Uh, None of those places we, we know we're always going to go back to Alberta when we're done. And so none of these places are forever places. And so uh, we've always really tried to just enjoy uh, where we're at as much as we can. Um, We ended up keeping, we ended up buying a house in Vegas. And so we kept that Uh, dad now is actually living in it. Oh no way! <laughs> yeah, and so eventually we'll we'll try and use that um, yeah. when it gets too cold for us in Alberta and stuff like that. We'll go down there and let our family and friends use it. But good for um, you! Yeah, so we, we enjoy nice. Vegas, but we're really enjoying uh, being here.
2: Ottawa is great, especially once like like if the restrictions start to ease up a little bit more and you're able to go out and about and you can run into people. People here are so friendly and and they recognize you and they're appreciative. That they're not they don't hassle you. And you're in a hockey market here. It's just obviously right now you're a little sheltered. You're playing in an empty building, but once things do start to open up, you're really going to see it. It's such a such a great place to play. It really is.
0: Yeah, I mean it's been. We're sheltered and it's still yeah. an awesome place right now. It's Good. funny, my oldest guy, he hates the heat. So oh, really? Like, oh, man, <laughs> when we were in Vegas, he would, every day he was just purple face, sweating. Nonstop. Oh, no. <laughs> and so he was just like so excited when it's cold and winter and snow. Every day he's like, can I go outside? Can I go inside? I'm like, yeah, just ski everybody. Do, so, do
2: they ski or snowboard or anything like that? Uh, so we had them skiing last year yeah uh, we
0: went up in utah we went to a resort right. up there and then yeah. uh we haven't got them out yet but we ended up doing like uh outdoor rink in the backyard so the kids sure. were out there and that's been fun uh, there just hasn't been a t- like because been so-, so busy we haven't had any time to go do anything so
2: yeah well we're what about this weekend now like are you guys able to like i'm assuming you guys are all hunkered down in ottawa you're obviously not traveling anywhere can you go like because we have some good skills on the quebec side like if you go over the border There's some nice little slopes there, like uh, uh, Fortune and Wise, and there's Mo Tromble if you're willing to drive a little bit, but recommend those places, Holdy. They're really good.
0: Okay. Well, we decided to just find a cabin in the woods. Oh, Uh, really? Yeah. So we're going, it's like an hour, it's like an hour away. And we're just going to go there Thursday after the kid's school and stay till Saturday night and just kind of. Get away where is it? And... Whereabouts? <laughs> like roughly? I'm
2: not. I'm not coming. Nor am I trying to <laughs> get anybody to follow you there. I know. I. I don't want hey, to come, come on down. down. Like, Shut but up. I know. But I'm. I'm curious. Like, is it on the backside, like by, by the lake?
0: Clarence Creek. Creek.
2: Oh, okay. Right on. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. So, cool.
0: I don't really know where that is. I know it's kind of on your way to Montreal, I guess, but.
2: It's a bit of a drive. What is it, like, like 45, 50 minutes? Yeah, it's I, said,
0: in? I, I Googled it and it was like 55 minutes.
2: There you go. That was it's cool. like perfect, where it's not
0: too far. We can go after school.
2: Yeah. So no, That's fun.
0: Yeah. I,
1: I You brought up playing for the Rangers. I want to ask you about facing the Ottawa Senators in 2017, um, where you scored two goals. But the first question I have regarding all this is, if I brought up one particular name, I would like you to tell me the first thing that comes to mind Tanner Glass.
0: Tanner The first thing that comes to my mind? Yeah. Well, he, he was just like tormenting you guys. And then <laughs> Kneeler comes in and is like tormenting him. And so they just become kind of non-factors on each other. And yeah. So
2: I They canceled that. each other out. Yeah. Well, I or think. Or his I think... Mohawk,
0: Fohawk thing. He always had that. <laughs>
2: Because I think for us, for us, like, and obviously teams always have their own sort of viewpoint of what's happening. Right. And you guys might not even think anything of it, but for us, that was a big turning point because he was giving us fits. Like, let's face it. he He was, he was running around. I think there was an incident with Kyle Turris too. And then of course we reinsert the Neil dog and unleash him. And he didn't waste any time. He took care of that. And then I think yeah. for us, at least it gave us new confidence, right? Where all of a sudden we're like, okay, we don't have to worry about the meathead across the way. No yeah. offense. Now we can play hockey again. So was that like, did you guys feel that shift at all? Or was it just like business as usual?
0: Uh, I think it was It was kind of business as usual. What yeah. he was doing was good for you guys. I mean, it it obviously helps when kind of the other team is a little focused on one player just kind of when uh, yeah. they're doing that stuff, but um, yeah, for the most part, it's business as usual, but the business wasn't very good at the end of the day. So <laughs> you guys ended
2: up beating us. So. Uh, I loved that series, though. Like, we were so lucky because we went hey, from we did I have Boston, one, New York. I have one thing oh.
0: from you in that series. So I think it was game uh, five, maybe. We beat the one we, we were in New York, and there was that little melee at the end of the
2: game. Oh, uh, I know where you're going with it, uh, and, and, <laughs> and I'm man, sorry.
0: Ben grabs me. He's holding me like this. He had dropped his gloves. I don't have my gloves off. He's holding me and he's just like this. Oh, I want to hit
2: you. Yeah, I didn't mean, man, I'm sorry. I, you know what? You know, it's funny. That was the same season. uh, That was the same time where my pinky finger was all screwed up. Right. So I had, I had had your collar and in that, and I think that's why I was getting progressively angrier because my finger was killing me and I just wanted to get out of there. And anyway, have, you guys won yeah Yeah, i was
0: just laughing because i'm like i knew you enough that i was yeah. like just staring at you and i had my hands like this so if you would have hit me i would have been like oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was uh,
2: not a not a fine moment of mine but we were yeah that was a heated game and that was uh, a heated was, moment in the game too i, I vaguely yeah. remember it it's it's such a blur when i look back at those games hey eh? like you you try to think of moments and like, I couldn't even tell, I could not tell you who won that game. Like, I'm assuming you just said it we lost, right? Like, my we you guys won? No, yeah, we won. Yeah, game but five. I can't yeah. remember what game it was. No, I game think four. it would have been game, oh, game that's four? right. Game, game yeah. four, and
1: then Chris Phillips, can- or Chris Neal comes in, in in game five.
2: Oh, okay. Um, and it then had- we, and then we close. the game? Game, was game five
0: the one Pajo had 100 goals? <laughs> uh, uh,
2: yeah. D- isn't that the game he had four? I want to say you're right. You guys won in overtime? I don't know. No, I think it was a 4-2
1: win that game. But I can't, uh, overtime. No, I look like an idiot. I I only looked up your two goals, Nick. I only looked up the two goals you scored. That's all.
0: (laughs) You looked up those goals? Yeah. That was nice. Yeah, so it was like, I just remember there were points in that series that were hilarious. It was like the Carlson goal when he scored like from the corner with a minute left oh yeah yeah and then the remember the uh step on thing where he was like calm down to henrik and the media host <laughs> on him, like oh my gosh he's telling them dude, they're fighting and all this stuff yeah and so it was just like and then Paggio had four goals in a game yeah good yeah. stuff that was that yeah. was a
2: fun series I, and we loved like we were lucky i was going to say earlier like playing in some of those cities like New York, for example, in the playoffs yeah. for me at least was so cool. And yeah. what was it like living there? I don't want to try to hammer home too long on the New York topic, but I'm just curious. Cause you've got, you've, you've kids obviously, and we all know what the real estate market was like in New York, especially at the time. I know it's gone down a bit since, but like, what was that like? Were you living in some small thousand foot, thousand square foot condo or like, where were you guys? So
0: we were coming from Denver and we had bought a house. There It was like, Four hundred thousand dollars for say a thirty-six hundred square foot house, so sure. completely reasonable. Yeah, we get traded in the summer. And we start looking at places to rent. And We ask, yeah. hey, where do you guys live that like have kids or whatever outside the city, right New York. And okay. so we start we start looking up places there. There was anywhere from like five thousand dollars to fifty thousand dollars. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. The ones that were like, I'm like looking at the five, six, seven. I'm like, okay, let's try and find something in here. Nothing. it was like, no, no chance. No, nothing. These houses that we were looking at were like water was leaking in the roofs, the like small, small houses, all this stuff. Sure. We ended up paying a lot of money per month. And so I just like, after I signed the lease, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to forget this. or else I'm going to be really mad about this every month. So I just pushed it aside. (laughs) And so we ended up loving it. Rye was awesome. The school kid school was like a block away. Our neighbors were incredible. Their hockey system, it was a really small town feel. And so it ended up being incredible. Um, It was fun being outside the city because we could go in whenever we wanted to, but we weren't stuck in the city. Sure. Uh, and so we have some incredible moments, memories from, from playing there for the year and a half that I was there. Like taking the kids in on the subway and Broadway and Times Square and just rock That's awesome. and stuff. Like that.
2: I feel like I feel like some of the players, like if depending on what you're making, like anywhere between, you know, minimum to like one and a half, I feel like you're not, and I know this is a lot of people don't have any sympathy for us right now in this conversation, <laughs> but I feel like you're not saving any money at that point. Right. Like if you play in a big market like that, a big city, especially New York city, it's
0: like you are young guys too. They're living in the city. And so it's like, you're paying crazy amounts for rent. You're getting an extra tax in Manhattan. Yep. It's just like, everything's just more expensive, but like you said, there's no sympathy. No, no, I know. And that's, that's probably why
2: we'll just cap this conversation at that. I was just curious because, because I had them, I had, not that I'm not, not not implying that New York had any interest in me whatsoever, but like all the New York teams, they were all on my no-trade list immediately. When I was talking to my financial advisor, he's like, you're going to put all the New York teams on it. You're going to put all the California teams on it. You're yeah. going to put Quebec, Ontario, and all the rest of Canada. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that's how I did my list. I and know. I ended up in Dallas, right? So anyway. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah, it it's worked fun. out. Yeah. Uh,
1: I will point out Paggio's four-goal game was game two. He won it in double overtime. Game four there is the melee. Go. Uh, and the Sens won that in six Um, a couple of questions I have just regarding uh, Ottawa is there someone that you didn't know and I'm sure you didn't know a lot of the guys before you arrived that really surprised you uh, personality wise or their play or anything that stood out
0: well for me like I I really didn't know I actually didn't know anybody this was the first team I'd ever been traded to that I didn't have any connection to anybody Mm. But, but then on top of that, like they—they're really top forwards and stuff like that. I didn't know any of them because last year not playing, like really the last two years not playing against so them. Lots of the yeah. guys are in um, what's the uh, Belleville, and so I, I didn't really know lots of the guys, what kind of skill level. And so it's just been a uh, learning for me, but it's just incredible the skill that these guys have. Norris, Bafferson. Like, even Chucky, like I didn't really know his game much, and so it's just like to see these guys day to day. They're going to be incredible NHL superstars. Um, give them five years, and yeah. it'll be it'll be crazy. Like they're what they're doing now in their first couple of years give him yeah five more years and it's gonna be uh,
2: and even guys like formanton that are coming in now too right like Formy's speed and what he's yeah, been able so, like yeah, like so i know you just like you were just you just got here but like the progression that i've seen in him over the last couple of seasons has been yeah. insane so i think you're right in a couple of years this group's gonna be really good yeah absolutely yeah. And,
0: and like right now they're doing well we're doing yeah well. and so yeah,
2: and- yeah, and you guys are hanging in there, Holdy. Like, like so you're you're hanging in there with all the big teams. It's not necessarily always showing up, you know, on the scoreboard at the end of the games. But a lot of injuries, I think, have played a part in that. But I think like some of the games you guys have played have, has been so impressive. So, is that the feeling in the group right now? Like in that dressing room, is it pretty confident?
0: Yeah, I, I think you go from earlier on this year. Obviously, you get injuries, COVID, that stuff. But the way we're playing since we kind of cleared all that, I think that's what was expected to start the year yeah. and so I, I feel like we are going into every single game being like we can win this game there's no games where we're showing up say in wash or against colorado where we're like we're in one here really. yeah. like yeah. every game we show up and we're
2: like even edmonton even edmonton yeah you know? edmonton.
0: and the guys it was funny because last year they didn't beat edmonton once <laughs> and so they were nine that was all the talk Oh, boy, it's like, we haven't beat these guys. And so after the second <laughs> period, we hadn't played great in the first two periods. And yeah. so it was just kind of like, just digging. You know what? What's yep. the worst that's going to happen? They're going to beat us again? Like, let's just yeah, throw it. big them. deal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's our just player system and, and throw everything at them yeah. and yeah. then see what happens. And when we beat them, I think those are games that are great for younger teams because it's like, whoa, like, we could we can win hundred percent teams being down, going into the third. Like it's, it's stuff like that, that gives guys confidence. So, yeah,
2: I agree. Yeah.
1: Uh, I don't know that you've been awarded the bike helmet yet. Is it a goal in life to get the bike helmet and glasses?
2: <laughs> He's been given the bike helmet. I think I've I seen know. a picture of you, holding, right? <laughs> so I was given that one
0: time yeah. and it was in Florida I'm not really sure why I got it, but <laughs> I get the helmet and I don't know what it was, why I'd said it. And I was like, safety first. And I put this helmet on
2: <laughs> and then I go, Oh, Doyle rule. <laughs> <it's just> like... <laughs> My wife gives
0: oh, me the clip of it after. And she's like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like,
2: I don't know. Like, you can't you can't go wrong when you quote a Billy Madison exactly. Jackson, That's quote it. right. Like a it's, it's all it's here. a win win. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> nice. Um, I got you two. You probably have no idea what. That yeah, movie they're two I was going to say they're too yeah. young, man. <laughs> yeah, so
1: good. Uh, two questions left. One is, and Matt, I want your answer on the input as well. Is how do you guys as defensemen in the NHL now, and are you concerned about the Michigan lacrosse style goal? And how, what do you do to try and defend it?
2: I'm not I concerned you go, about it? you go first. You go first. I'm <laughs> concerned about it.
0: Uh, yeah. I'm very concerned about it because it seems like everybody on every team could do it. Yeah, it's no. like at any point in any game, you could be embarrassed for the rest of your life. On the highlight reel. Yeah. And so that is literally the one thing I try and avoid is being on a highlight reel that'll play for years to come. And yeah. so, yeah, I'm, I'm very concerned uh, coming up against teams that have guys that have actually done it and scored. But, yeah. I mean, there's guys on every team that can do it. And the way I, in my mind that I'm like, okay, this is what I'm going to do if, if somebody tries it, tomahawk.
2: <laughs> I was going to say, you know what? No, but seriously, though, uh, like <laughs> I'd rather take a penalty on the play. I'm not saying I'm going to tomahawk a guy like Holdy just advocated for, but I think for me <laughs> – I'm I'm ditching whoever I'm covering in net front and I'm full sprint leading with my stick yeah, to try to make contact with it. this stick. Hundred yeah. percent. Because you're not like if you're just focused on the body you're going to give him too much time. He can reach over and tuck yeah. it in. You got to lead with your stick, even if you're stretching out and just try to disrupt it. Cause you know, when you're holding a stick on a blade, that puck can fall off very easily. Right. Flying, flying Superman. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm with you on that. I don't, I would never want to get scored on that way.
1: No. Uh, yeah. The other question I have is when Drake Batherson got hurt, uh, there didn't seem to be much of a response towards Aaron Dell. I understand he's the goaltender. Was there much talk yeah. in the room afterwards about it or in the intermission? Was like, I wanted Did DJ Smith say, I don't want you guys running around trying to take care of this.
0: No, no, he didn't say, he didn't say anything like that. Uh, there wasn't much talk about it um, as to like retribution yeah. type talk. I think for him, one thing we were focused on, we wanted to try and score as many goals as possible. Like, what really, what are you going to do to to Dell? You're not going to go out and just absolutely bury him, run him over. Somebody gets suspended for doing that. Like, they're going to penalize agree. that more than the play he did, and all that stuff. And so I guess you could have d- tried to do something like that, dump it in on him, knowing he might be out of his net and run him, but you're not going to hurt him. Like no. you're not getting a good enough shot to hurt him. And so what's I'm not saying you want to hurt somebody, but it's like
2: no, I, I we
0: never talked about that. I think hurting his confidence where it's like you shell him and score six on him. Yeah. And then well, he gets suspended and then he gets put on waivers. I think that probably hurt I was him gonna a little say- bit. I and think, I think you
2: guys handled it. Perfect. Four goals against you. Sh- you got your shutout. You lit up the light behind them. Yeah. There's nothing you can do. And I was saying that too. It's like, it's a goalie. I mean, you can yeah. challenge him. I think Brady went up to him and said a few words to him and, yeah. and Austin went up to him a little bit and I think gave him a little jab, but like, you don't want to get suspended. And if you're running from downtown, you will get suspended. Cause you know, the refs were all on high alert. I'm sure. Oh, after that absolutely. Play.
0: And then the league, they're going to look at the retaliation, more than what the original play was and stuff Agreed. like that. And so, yeah, it's one of those unfortunate situations. Actually, when it happened, I didn't, I think most of the guys didn't even know how much of a hit it was until yeah. after the game when everyone could watch the play and all that stuff. But, yeah. um, I mean, the league suspended them, which was great. And so, yeah. and we've won the game, got our shout-out, And I, I think there's not much more to do in that. Uh, that situation. Thank all you. right.
1: F- fair enough. Um, and safety first, I guess, is the way to look at that one. Is um finally the last question I have is uh we asked this to all our fans or all our guests. Uh favorite snack. If you were to sit around with the kids watching a movie, it's movie night. What are you going to cheat with and have?
0: Uh my wife makes the buttered popcorn and nice. so we have all the all the dressings and seasonings and all this stuff so <laughs> i'd probably crush a huge bowl of that or uh i thought a bag of chips is great too uh, Do
2: you guys great. have like a fancy popcorn machine no
0: well no we just have the one that's on the stove that you do this oh yeah
2: okay just, are those are those uh, legit
0: oh yeah they're great
2: okay yeah uh-huh. we have one but it doesn't work on our induction stove top so I just oh. end up burning it in the microwave every time I try to pop it.
1: <laughs> the chef at I Mestos mean, you know, doesn't know how to work it.
2: Yeah, <laughs>
0: exactly.
2: Anyway, <right.
1: laughs> uh, is there a flavor of chip? Because people aren't going to just get you, let you off the hook with just paying, saying chips. Is there? Really, a particular flavor. Yeah,
2: they, they really want to know what flavor of chip you eat. People <laughs> actually watch this. Know, this just like, <laughs> we just got. We, we just deserve, got. We, we just got that. voted the
1: best podcast in, in on in yeah, uh, Ottawa. Can,
2: yeah. Yeah. Well, congratulations. <laughs> okay. so, I would say probably like I don't know,
0: all dressed ketchup dip. not. Nah, you know what? I have no like this no is my to. chip. Okay. Yeah. Whatever's yeah. in pickle, whatever's in the in the pantry. I'm.
2: Ooh, this looks good.
1: <laughs> i That's fair. I appreciate that.
2: Riveting stuff here. That's it's good. It's,
1: yeah. it's good to have variety. Uh, Nick, we appreciate your time. I know it's busy for you, and you get some rest yeah. um, and try to get through this Thank break, you. and then. It's going to be a grind down the stretch, so we appreciate you taking the time, my friend.
0: Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me on. Good luck.
1: Uh, Welcome back to the show and welcome in, Craig, as always, brought to you by Gong Show. Uh, Gong Show currently has 25% off the entire site. Uh, That includes, by the way, guys, the Wally Mathot merchandise, uh, gongshowgear.ca Go to collaborations to find our stuff and pick up some Wham swag. Uh, Craig, it's always good to see you. Hey, Welcome up? to, by the way, uh, if we haven't brought it up, uh, our award-winning podcast. That's right.
0: Ooh, I, di- uh, I did hear about that.
1: As, as we've just now been named uh, the best sports podcast in Ottawa. So uh, congratulations to you two for helping put this little show together.
0: I would say all three of us, but
2: yeah. yeah. We had, no, we I'll, I'll just way. save you guys the nonsense here. <laughs> <laughs> you guys both carry the show and i'm very appreciative of that so thank you most people don't know that i usually just kind of show up and talk out of my ass for a little bit you guys do a fantastic job alex included that does more of the behind the scenes stuff as well mm-hmm. so thank you yeah we know you don't read the rundown it's okay
1: <laughs> it's I I play well, it well
2: that's what makes it so authentic right yeah. i can be scripted <laughs> but you know i pay attention to the game so i don't really i don't need the script reads me
1: Okay. <laughs> the show just does itself is basically what yeah. happens all right anyway uh nice job boys it's 11 months since yeah. we started uh, to the day by the way uh 80 i think today's wow. like our 84th show so uh 100 104 guests i think have been on our show or 104 interviews some repeats
2: wow never thought i'd still be doing it <laughs> well there I'm were times i didn't you think you would be either yeah no
1: um i want to go back to nick holden for a sec by the way uh which so if you don't watch the show on youtube and you just listen to the podcast form which is fine we encourage that as well is you miss all the stuff that craig puts in the show when it comes to fix and whatnot and so in there is a couple of stills of you and Nick Holden, because I didn't know about this Nick Holden story about you at MSG squaring off with him. And I guess I probably should have, but uh, the more I see the video and see the pics, the more I can appreciate that he wanted no part of you.
2: Yeah. And this isn't me acting like some big tough guy, you know, but in the moment when we were tangled up there, my finger, and I mentioned it in the show, my finger was still mangled, right. It was still black and like, trying to heal up meanwhile I'm playing in the NHL playoffs so i once i grabbed him with my bad hand i uh I, the pain man it was so excruciating that it made me more angry so i was trying to get a fight i was trying to prompt him to fight me and he wouldn't do it um but I know Holdy very well so that's why i apologize to him during the show because he's such a nice guy and i you know i have played with him and and i think if I was in a better place in the moment that would not have happened that's all I was trying to say I think it, uh,
0: it lends to you, because you always talk, I mean, you brought it up with Holden too, like super highly of Chris Neal's impact on that series. It, it, that's the kind of stuff that stopped happening once he started playing, right? Is the kind of, I'll, I'll throw some of the, the stills in right now, but that scrum at center ice at the end of the game, you yeah. guys just lost, yeah. like that kind of went away after Chris Neal came back and, and I, oh, you always spoke about it so
2: much, but it's kind of neat to see some of the
0: I plays remember. that literally the game before.
2: I remember being with a few players and this was after like game two, even I think it was uh, maybe I forget exactly what game it was, but a couple of us were talking amongst ourselves and I was one of them for sure. Uh, where I was like, we need Nealer in the lineup. What are we doing here? Like, even if he plays X amount of minutes, like he's effective, he can still play and everyone's scared shitless of him. So like, why don't we have like, let's bring our boogeyman in the lineup here if you will and it'll at least scare the crap out of some of their guys and it'll calm them down. Cause that's the effect of having a tough guy in your lineup. Like you, it, it holds everybody accountable. So we were talking about it saying like, should we go talk to the coach? Like, should we, and then eventually, you know, it gave some, gave way. And I think the media started talking about it a little bit more because yeah. Tanner glass had been running around for a few games. Right. So mm-hmm. yeah, we were, I, I was, I've always been in the camp in the belief that you should have a player that, that element in your lineup. I know it's sort of, Kind of going away now in the league, but I, you know, even a guy that can still play, do it both ways is, is huge. Anyway, yeah, that, that was well, our stance at the time.
1: I mean, you won the first two games, so there was no real push yeah, for but it. Still, but, but you, can I know, still and see I, it. it was there. I remember it being yeah. there, but it was never urgent because you were up two nothing in the series, right? But after game right. four, it's now three and, two two, and, and four. you and you got handled, and so that yeah. and Kyle Turris is leaving the ice because he just got run over basically by Tanner Glass. Yeah. That's when it the pressure really, I remember after game yeah. three, there was pressure game four. Yeah. It was like, if this doesn't happen, there's going to have to be some kind of percent.
2: Nealer was chomping yeah. at the bit. He wanted to keep oh, yeah. like, that's the beauty of it. Like some guys when the stakes get a little high and they haven't been playing for a while, you're almost more comfortable. Just being like, okay, I'm not ready. I can't play. I don't have reps. Yeah. Nealer was never like that. Nealer. Like he's a, he's a pro and he's competitive. He's like, I'll, get me in there right now. I'm going to handle this. And he did.
1: Um, what's it like squaring off at MSG though, center ice, like those are moments you never get to have back.
2: No, it's funny. Like, and I didn't, I never didn't like, we didn't end up fighting, you know, we were trying to, yeah. but, um, uh, but you like, were trying
1: to, I think. Yeah. yeah.
2: But you remember that you remember <laughs> yeah. it. like, like from that yeah. game, I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. When I say this from that game specifically, that might be the only memory I have from MSG other than maybe the Anthem and, and sort of the theatrics that were going on. I still remember um, was it Margot Roby was there? You know, yeah. 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 They'd have yeah. people in the stands and I loved it. I thought, cause Margot Robbie was only a couple rows up behind us. Mm-hmm. And this is like, you know, not long after Wolf of wall street. Like she's like, you know, you're like, holy crap. Like, look who it is. And she was like, and she was animated, right? She was cheering on the teams. And anyway, so I could, you know, when you're playing there, it's different. It's cool. Cause there's a lot of our power and there were plenty of celebrities. It wasn't just her. That was the more significant one. And my wife would agree with me. So I think, you know, it's a cool experience. But as far as the ice stuff goes, yeah, like that little square off with Holdy that nothing happened out of. I remember that vividly. It's cool.
1: Yeah. Like, I, I will say, um, not very often do they take our stories and post them on video screens in the building. But they took mine for every game and played it at MSG on the Jumbotron. Yeah. And to everybody else, that means zero. To me, it was like being in the time's the New York times. For like sure. this was like, I'm saying everybody in this building right now, it's at the the best building in arguably the NHL is, uh, watching my stupid mug on the video scoreboard. <laughs> so that was, I have a picture of it. Cause I was like, and they did it every game. I'm like, this is actually pretty cool. That's so cool. Uh, yeah, when you can be at MSG for any reason, uh, it's neat. And yeah. just to be in the bowels, like people that's on the sixth floor of that building The rink is. And so underneath there's, there's a theater where they've had jeopardy shows. They have graduations. They have all kinds, like it's wild the inner workings of that building.
2: Yeah. And and what people don't realize is that when you pull in as a player, so you're coming from the hotel, you're driving through times square, you finally get there and the bus, the bus can't actually go up the ramp. It's this really narrow ramp that, and it's very steep. Hey, eh, Wally. So yeah. as It's players, a 15 so on the vertical,
1: on the treadmill. Yeah, yeah, so
2: exactly. So you get there as a player and you're like, oh my God, like I got to walk up this. So you get to the top and your legs are on fire. And then you're like, how am I going to play tonight? <laughs> I know it sounds ridiculous, but those are some of the, the yeah. quirks that come with playing in old buildings like that. I think TD Garden was a little like that as well, like in Boston, but 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 for sure MSG and there's an aura there, right? Like there's a certain yep. kind of energy that comes with playing there in that building. It's, so, it was so much fun. There's, there's always one a camera
0: th- too at the top was of that? that. There's always a camera too at the top of the ramp. Yeah, so you can't like, you can't, like,
2: you're, you're gotta like, you're nice. like puffing Like yeah. what's he got? <laughs> I <top>? know. You <laughs> the tie's off to the and, side. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's just weird, but it, but it was yeah. fun. Yeah.
1: It, it, it you, uh, I remember going there the first time I forget what, what it was for. Anyway, there's a, there's a constant hum in the crowd. Like it never goes away. Yeah. It's always, it's the only building I can ever remember it where it's a, just a buzz that you, you see there's, there's, there's an energy. Of
2: that There's a bit of that in Montreal too. I yeah, feel yeah. Like, like when you're playing at the bell center, cause the fans are so passionate, they're always talking and you can kind of hear it. But, but I agree. MS3 had definitely has that as well. And um, they just do such a good job there too. Yeah. I mean, the music, everything like the, the whole show is great. And then obviously adding the history that comes with the building as well. Except the ice. Yeah, because the there's battle? so much
1: going on that like every day there's something there. I've always been told the ice no. is,
2: is. Well, is I will say this: Boston was like that. So I think one of our playoff games, um, the Celtics were playing that day. Yes, that. In the, the more in the like an early noon Afternoon. game, and then we would play after them. So it, you think about it, a eh? like to the way they and they do it so quickly. All the uh, the arena attendants come out and they uncover the ice. They take everything. They put the boards back up, all the glass. The Zamboni does a few passes, but the ice is still horseshit at this point, right? So it's like slushy almost in some areas, and you're like, how are we going to play on this? But you just, you know, if you're watching it on TV, you don't know any better, right? You're thinking like, why are they fumbling the puck everywhere? Because you can't really tell, but the ice is just dog shit, but that's part of the game.
1: Anyway, uh, I love, yeah, I miss the old buildings because those are are just fun times to be around, for sure. Yeah, Um, yeah. uh, Anyway, Where do we go from here? (laughs) Well, (laughs) we get out of here now is what we do. And we come back on Monday and do it all over again with our mid-season report card, if you will.
2: Oh, Craig's going to have some nice boards up. I can't wait for this. It's going to be exciting. Yeah.
1: It'll be good. Check your rundown. Uh, See you on Monday, guys. (laughs) That's the award-winning Wally Mathod show.